You know, I'd like to share with you a verse that, that I may or may not have used in my life uh, as a kid, but I've heard kids use that on their parents many, many times. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the kids that misquote or misuse this verse always stop at, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And then they throw this verse at their fathers. Boom! Dad, don't ask me to do the things that I don't want to do, like going to school, like doing homework, like sleeping at the right time, like brushing my teeth. Do not provoke your children to anger. And man, this, seriously, like, that's a misuse of the scripture, trying to like, force your dad, guilt trip. I may or may not have done that myself, but you know, I've helped you do that. And some clever parents have responded with this verse. And they go in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. You know, they, they, they use that, of course, is always paired with the Ten Commandments, where they go, Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother, that your days on this land will be long. Like, come on, like, what are we doing with the Scripture? You know, more often than not, we use Scripture and we mold them to fit our desire. And, you know, we look at different parts of the Scripture as Christians and we see what fits and what don't fit and we throw out what we don't like, what don't fit, we keep what we fit. And, of course, most of the time we'll keep what is good and nice and and is beneficial to my personal, oftentimes selfish desire. But you know what? That's because we look at the Scripture as an incantation. You know, we, we, we flip through the Bible, we look for, for things that we feel that as though if we recite it correctly, that those things will happen. But we don't read it as though we're in a relationship with our Father. Jesus, in explaining how we should pray, says very clearly in Matthew 6 verse 9, it describes it teaching the disciple how they should pray. He says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven. This was one of the clearest example and instruction from Jesus in how we should relate to God so that we can understand everything that's around us. First and foremost, God is not the King, the Lord, the Creator. All those are true, all those are good. But the Scripture clearly tells us, and Jesus points us to that, to say to correctly relate to God, we must fully embrace His primary identity as the Father. Because God introduces Himself in that way. He is the Father and Jesus is the Son. It's a relational, loving relationship. And it is in a context of that that Jesus continuously say, I am here to reveal my Father. I'm here to help you understand who God is. I'm here to do what my Father wants me to do. So if you're reading the Scripture not with that perspective in mind, then you've missed the point of the entire Scripture. You must read it as though a father's word to his child. You know, one of the things that we must put as the first foundation of understanding God is, what is this verse teaching me about who God is as a relational being in in a very clear term, as a father, and how is that useful in building up my relationship with him? And if you read the entire scripture with that mindset in place, 
I can tell you, you will not find the scripture, number one, boring. Number two, you'll not find it to be powerless. And thirdly, you will find that you will grow in closeness and God will not become this void, far-off, unknown being. You know, when we talk about God, it's very often that we, we think that we're standing in the midst of nowhere trying to identify a God who is so far away beyond the universe that we say, man, He's so impersonal, He is so strange, and man, He's invisible. How can I relate to Him? And because of that attitude, because we, we put Him out as this creator, maker, intelligent designer, and then we just leave Him up far off, that's why we don't find coming to church, getting to know Him, being a Christian meaningful at all. Because that's not how God has created for us to relate to Him in, the, in Christianity. Maybe for some other religion, God is placed in that position. But we must be careful that as Christians, we do not fall into the trap as looking at God as a non-interested God that is just out there who created us and abandoned us. No. God is our Father. He's not far off. In fact, He is right there with us. You know, one of the challenges I have while working from home is my son being attached to me physically almost. Like, he will be like right there. So you can see, you get a glimpse of behind the scene of my Tuesday devotional, Thursday devotional, uh, my online uh, stuff, you know. This is like my, my, my study. I try to work in there and once in a while, he, he gets in. No, no, he tries every time, but I let him in sometime. And, and when he comes in, he doesn't just want to come into the room. When he comes in, he wants to be like right on my lap. So much so that I have to give him a fake keyboard that is not connected to the computer because he's copying what I'm doing. Like I'm typing on a keyboard, he's typing on a keyboard, and I have actually a few more photos that I'm, I'm speaking into the, the, the mic, like recording, and he's trying to talk into the mic, although I, I, I know you can't understand what he's saying, but I can understand what he's saying because there's this connection, it's amazing. I mean, God is not far away. God is inviting us to sit right at his lap, and he's like hugging and guiding us in our life. You know, one of the most basic things about raising a son, it helps me understand fatherhood. And by that understanding, I've grown in my understanding of who God is. See, God is not angry with, with me when, when I, I don't get it. Of course, you know, like, I'm human, and when Lucas don't get it, uh, my reaction is not, first of all, I don't get angry immediately, like, oh, he doesn't understand what I'm saying. Of course he doesn't understand what I'm saying. He's not even two years old yet. But then I, I find joy whenever he, he catches, he understands. In fact, he's understanding a lot more than he wants us to know. Like, he knows what we're saying, he pretends he doesn't understand, so he doesn't have to follow it. Like, I get it, I see it, I'm like, nah, 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 son, I know what you're trying to do. But then he, he reveals a part of him, like his love for, for me and Tiffany, when he's saying words that, you know, to show that he understands what he's saying. He's, he's most, uh, his favorite word right now that has the most number of syllables is, Double-decker bus. It's, like, it's a word that I just, like, kind of does, like, just, like, drive it in. And, and so his first word is double-decker bus. You know, it's just pretty, pretty crazy. And his favorite vehicle, favorite thing. Every morning, the first thing he does when he wakes up is he asks me to carry him to the window to see the double-decker bus. And that's because the double-decker bus, our parking bay that's outside my house. You know, um, and, and when he says that, it's just so funny that he says it. And, uh, and there's other things that he says in, in Chinese, buyao. He says, buyao. You know, it's just like, it's just like, although he's saying no to me, but I still find it funny that, you know, he's saying words. And I think that, well, then, and when I reflect back, that's what my Heavenly Father is doing. He's not angry. 
He's trying to guide me to get to know Him better. And when I look at the Scripture, it's His teaching to help me know who He is. And among that, there are things that I may not understand, I may not do properly. And as an earthly father, I do get upset sometimes, not because He's not following my instruction, but because whenever I get upset, is what He's doing or not doing is hurting Himself. The fact if He doesn't want to eat His food, He's going to go hungry. His body's going to be malnourished. I'm not angry because he's, he's just not following what I said, eat your food, but because the impact of not eating the food that I provided or his mom has provided, he will be hungry and he'll be eating other rubbish and his body's not going to be uh, nourished. That's why I'm sad. I'm not sad because he's disobeyed me. But how often do we look at our Heavenly Father in that, in that mindset that he's upset with me because I just didn't follow his instruction? No, his ultimate aim, his his fundamental relationship with us is a father and his con- the connection is love. It's love. You know, I'm going to share with you what I've learned and you may not apply totally, entirely, but I hope that you'll help in how we can relate to our fathers better. And then I'm going to share that and in that context, I then, I'm then going to talk to the children. I, I'm going to talk to the children. You know, how to love God or, or relate to Him better is very simple, very straightforward. The Scriptures tell us that in order to know our Heavenly Father better, we need to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And in another verse, it says strength. But I'm going to talk about these three things today. Heart, mind, and soul. So how, you ask me, Pastor James, how do I relate to my Heavenly Father? By loving Him with my heart. Let me share with you some of the things that I've learned over the years. First of all, I think we have to seek to understand his motive, his heart. What is driving him to give us the instruction he's given us in the scripture? Why is he writing all these things to us? What is his motive? His motive is not to control. Not to control. His motive is to love and see you become the best that you can be. It's like a coach who's training an athlete for maybe the Olympic Games. You know, we're sad that the Olympics was delayed to next year, not this year, but circumstances, right? But as a coach, there are things that a coach will do that may not be physically and even at times emotionally pleasant when they're training. Like when I used to train as a swimmer, you reach a point when you're so tired and go like, I can't swim anymore, my arm is dead. And the coach says, no, 10 more laps. And you're like, you don't care about my, my pain. He does. At least for my coach, I know he does. Because, because of his pushing and challenging me, I realized that I could swim further and quicker. The motive of our Heavenly Father in asking us to follow what He says in the Scripture is because He loves us. Secondly, to love God with our heart is to understand His passion. What is He excited about? What is He thinking about all the time. And you know what it is? You and me. That's what consumes his mind. It's the blessing of his children. It's how his children will be good, not in behavior, but good in essence. That they'll receive the best. I can tell as a father, that's what I, I think about. What can I do or not do that will give my child good or the best? And next, is his desire. God's desire is not that we become robots that follow his instruction 
without questioning. His desire that is that all his children will grow up. See, as cute as Lucas is, right? I, I, I look at his old photos and I'm like, oh, he was so cute when he was first born. He was so cute when he was three months old. There is not an inch, although sometimes I do say it and Tiffany says that, but we don't want him to remain as that. If he's a three-month-old forever, I'll be very scared. I'll be like, oh, something's wrong. I want him to grow and I appreciate the perfectness of each stage of his growth. And I want him to keep growing and growing and growing and growing. That's my desire and that's our Heavenly Father's desire. Now I'm going to speak to the children. Children, are you loving your earthly father with the same ideology? Are you loving your earthly father with your heart? Are you seeking to understand his motive? Are you seeking to understand his passion? Are you seeking to understand his desire? Asian fathers especially um, are very... Uh, not emotionally expressive, I would call them. But, but at the center, they're still emotional being. I can tell you for sure. And, and they have that, that love for you in whatever way they try to show you. But as children, we've reached a stage where maybe it's time to try to understand them. How are you as children relating to your father? Next, the Bible tells us to love our God with our mind. This is the part that most of us actually don't struggle with that we just know God intellectually, knowledgely. Uh, we memorize the scripture, read the Bible, but we just know him as a fact, factually. Most of us don't struggle with that, but for those of you who do, I challenge you to get to know God factually. Know information about him. You can't say, I love God, or I hate him, or I don't know him, if you have not even tried to know him factually by reading his scripture in a, in a proper way. So, so, a few points on that. Know his likes. What does God like is very clear in the scripture. It states what he likes. And then it states what he doesn't like. His dislikes is very clearly revealed in the scripture too. And finally, know his information like who, what's God's name, what he's like. Those things it will take a lifetime of learning, I believe. Even when we go to heaven, we'll continue to learn, learn this information. But that is a part of the entire package and it's not the only way that will help us build our relationship with God. But it is still important. Now the children. Children, do you know your father's birthday? Do you know your father's favorite food? Do you know what your fathers don't, don't like to eat? Do you know them? Fathers tend to not express their need and desire very often. Maybe they keep it to themselves or... Or they don't share as much. That when you, if you don't ask, if you don't prod, even when you prod, they're like, ah, it's okay. But they are human. They have their likes and dislikes. And they also have things that, you know, that's important to them. <laughs> I think knowing when their birthday, you know, fathers, you know, fathers tend to say, ah, I don't, don't need to celebrate my birthday. Ah, it's too much trouble. And when you do, they like, they still like, they like it. You know, children, tomorrow's Father's Day. Do something. Next, to love God with all our soul. Our soul. The soul in the scripture is not a translucent spiritual thing that exits your body when you die. That's, you can't find that in the scripture. And it's weird. Like, what, why? Why do you want to be that existent? It's not a ghost. The soul in the scripture is very clear. The breath of God, the physical body, when these two combine, is, your, is a living soul. 
it means your entire being, everything that you are. So what does it mean in a practical term to get to know God with our soul? Be with Him. Yes, I know God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere. He's always with you. He's in your heart. But that's, that's, that's being with Him and then allow Him to be, be, with, be with you. You know, there's people who hang out. You know, when you hang out, when you're going out for a meal, they're physically there, but they're not there. They're like, they're physically there at the dining table, but they're not there. Presence, be with God. Sabbath, our online worship is a time where we seek to be with God, but God doesn't just want one hour a week from you. He wants to be with you. So to love God with all your soul is to be with Him. Secondly, obey Him. And as I explained, God is not a controlling God who just, a dictator who just wants you to follow His instruction. God is giving you all this instruction because it's good for you. And to obey Him is actually bringing us to the final point. The most important thing that I want Lucas to do is to take care of himself. I hate it when he hurt himself. I hate it when the mosquito bite him. I get so upset with the mosquito. I just want to kill all the mosquito. And man, I tell you, when we kill, when we do kill the mosquito that bite him, sometimes we get we catch it. Oh, that sense of satisfaction. It's like we see like, oh, you're dead. How dare you bite my son? And that's how God hates sin. That's how God is upset when we do things that harms ourselves. That's why he writes rules on hygiene and, and on health. It's not to restrict you from eating that awesome food. It's he knows it's not good for you. He's trying to protect you. It's not like he's just arbitrarily asking you to keep a day of the week, just take time out to torture you. It's like physically I've designed you to need this rest physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. He knows us better than ourselves. You know, God is like the father who's forever just wiser. He's not like, he is. It's just like me when I look at Lucas. I know one day he's going to outgrow me and be wiser than me, but God's going to ha- not have that experience. I look at Lucas right now and I look at what he needs and I try to protect him, keep him safe. And I ask him to do things that will be well for him. And I teach him rules, teach him things that I want him to take care of himself. That's what God wants for us. And once again, children, how are you relating to your dad? Are you spending time with them? Are you being physically there with them? They may not express appreciation for that, but I do know that they like it. And I have a friend who, who's very introverted. He doesn't talk a lot. Uh, and his kid, man, his kid, like, also just sit there with him. And when I go hang out sometimes, I uh, used to hang out with them. He, the kid would just sit there beside him. And it's very funny, like, his arm would touch his arm, the dad's arm, and he just sit there and read a book. And the dad will sit there and read a book. Mind you, a friend is visiting and the dad is reading a book. And that's how introverted my friend is. But they have like, they're like, they have this best experience. And I'm just like, I'm like, should I go home, man? He's just like, no, 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 just stay. I'm like, okay. So after over the years, I just got used to it. I just like, they're reading a book. I'm just sitting there and just like talking. And he'll respond when he feels like he wants to. And then, you know I, don't, I just like wasting my time, but, but many years later, he told me, man, bro, we hang out so much last time. It was such an awesome experience. I'm like, really? 
Okay? And I think that's also how he relates to his son. Both are just like being together. And also like children, take care of yourself. Your parents may give you instruction. Now, they're not God, and they may err, but most of the time, I, I know their instruction is out of a goodwill, out of love, out of care. It may not make sense sometimes, you know. It may make sense sometimes, but just think through it. But at the end of the day, just ultimate desire for them is for you to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And let them know that you're safe. That's why parents want to hear calls from their children who are overseas. Because they don't want to know that they're okay. So children, this weekend, take time to show your fathers that you love them with your heart, with your mind, with your soul. We're going to a time of closing song. Uh, and as we meditate about what I shared, um, and uh, as Jeff leads us in the closing song, let's think about our Father, our earthly one, and our heavenly one.